Our scripture reading today comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 24. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and win and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Words and actions go together. And what we say and what we do matter. And to fully know God, we must live like Jesus. We need to take care of each other within our community, but also, but also outside these church walls. We search for ways to strengthen our own spirituality, and we want to be closer to God. And we may love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but if we don't live that out in our actions towards others, are we, are we loving and living like Jesus? Loving others Serving compassionately and living like Jesus is what we are destined for. Today wraps up our sermon series on the KFUMC Essentials. Each week we've outlined our shine campaign. I have the letter E. Excel in loving one another both inside and outside the church. And who are the people inside and outside the church? I'm asking you. Not a trick question. Who are the people inside and outside the church? Everyone, all of humanity. No one is excluded in our love. Um, I'm reading the book of joy by Douglas Abrams, and it tells the story when the Archbishop Desmond Tutu and His Holiness the Dalai Lama spent a week together in India um, in April 2015. They were great friends, and they met about a half a dozen times before the archbishop died in in 2021. Um, In this particular visit, they explored how to find joy 
in the face of life's inevitable suffering. And they connect joy, they connect one's generosity with joy. You can't have one without the other. And I'm connecting our shine message of loving one another both inside and outside the church with the book of joy. And I'm talking about the archbishop and his holiness because I believe to love and live like Jesus, we must be compassionate people. Compassion is at the core of our humanity. Loving and living like Jesus means we are hospitable and gracious to all. And the joy that I'm referencing to is that our gratitude causes our joy, not that our joy causes our gratitude. Living in this place of compassion is exactly how we can share the shiny goodness of God with everyone inside and outside the church. I think most of you are familiar with mustard seed, but for those of you that are not familiar with mustard seed, every Monday we put loving like Jesus into action. Uh, We love our neighbors by loading free groceries in their cars. And I have prayed with people through their car window uh, since March of 2020. And our friends who are struggling to get by are getting glimpses of God through our loving words and actions. The Gospel of John was written so that you may believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The conflict and controversy in the Gospel of John focused on those in the crowds and even Jesus' own disciples who were not persuaded to believe. However, the letters of John uh, were written later in the first century by a person or small group in the Johannine community. They already had faith that Jesus was the Son of God. There was no problem with believing. The conflict and controversy focused on believers who differed on the correct expressions of faith in word and deed. Some members of the community denied the full humanity of Jesus, and then other, um, others in the com- community did not love one another as they knew they should. Our humanity is connected in the life and death of Jesus Christ. I mean, isn't that what we celebrate when we participate in Holy Communion? The Archbishop said, we are who we are through one another. His Holiness said, the way we are born and the way we die are totally dependent on others. He said, if we stress secondary level of differences like our nation, our religion, our color, then we notice the differences. But we are the same human beings. Same with religion, Shiite and Sunni, or Christian and Muslim. We are the same human beings. The differences between religions are personal matters. And I think about Jesus. We share a common, we share a human bond with Jesus Christ, the incarnate word of God. Jesus entered the world through a womb and he left the earth with no heartbeat and breath. And we share that with our God. All of the days in between are where our differences lie. The days in between, we do not live 
our human lives in the same way Jesus lived while on this earth. Look at this Hebrew word, rahihim. It means mercy, compassion, womb. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The humility of Jesus came from a place of compassion, literally a mother's womb. And our problem is that we make everything personal. Our personal freedoms, our personal rights, our personal religion, our personal success. With Jesus, everything was an interpersonal matter. His life and purpose related to all human beings. Jesus, as a human, loved in word and deed because he related to others from a place of compassion. And he loved on a human level. And like members in the Johannan community, we need these reminders about loving one another in word and deed. And from the beginning, we've known this. And the Johannan community knew this. And I don't think any of you sitting in here today have a problem with believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I mean, but wouldn't you say that like members of the Johannan community, we are also driven by our self-focus? And when we focus too much on ourselves, we do many things. We become disconnected from our humanity. We alienate ourselves. We hold on to wealth. We cling on to our status. I have a friend named Faye who comes through the mustard seed line. I do have permission to use her name. And she said she might watch. So, hi, Faye. Um, I do not pray with Faye because she told me she is not a Christian. But over the last couple of years, we've developed a friendship. And we share a bond that is simply a human connection. And I love her on the human level. To love like Jesus, we must live like Jesus. The doctrine of love cannot be separated from our actions. God is fully known when the two of those things are together. And believing in the humanity, the full humanity of Jesus, is connected to the community's emphasis on love. These two doctrines are inseparable. And for Jesus and the community, the sharing of love is the mark of full humanity. Loving like Jesus is directly related to living like Jesus. The Archbishop said that generosity is something we learn by doing. In the other world religions, generosity is also an important pillar in their faith. In Islam, you have zakah. In Hinduism and Buddhism, you have dana. In Judaism, you have zedakah, which translates to justice. And then in Christianity, we call it charity. Generosity is important in all of the world religions because it shows our needs for one another. Compassion and generosity are at the center of our humanity. He said, do what you can when you can. And then John Wesley said something, the founder of Methodism, he said something similar. He said, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. First John chapter two, verses 15 through 17 says, it is not the things in the world themselves that are evil, but human attitudes 
toward them. The archbishop said, when we sit loosely in relation to all of our wealth and all of our status, we can be generous because then we really have been made a steward of those possessions and positions. And we do not hold on to them for dear life. So it's not the wealth and the status. Those are neutral. It's our attitude. It's what we do with them that is so important. I mean, think about people that you admire. I admire Faye because she's compassionate for others. And compassionate people are joyful people. And when we are compassionate for everyone inside and outside the church, God's shiny goodness radiates all around us. And I don't know about you, but when I meet negative Nancy or hateful Henry or judgy Judy or exclusive Ed or superior Sue or provoking Philip, and I apologize if any of those are your names, but they just, they're so easy to do with alliteration. Okay. But I just want to say, go and take your rain clouds somewhere else. I mean, do you admire people that are hateful? Probably not. Hateful people are incapable of radiating God's shiny goodness. And what was true in the Johannine community then is true today. Word and deed, thought and action are crucial for believers to live their faith in action and make God's love visible in their hospitality toward others. Jesus is the truth. Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the love of Jesus by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. We can stand in confidence when we stand before God. The language of mutual indwelling, of God abiding in them and them in God, is the message in this letter to the Johannine community. And abiding in God means you abide in nothing else. When our faith demonstrates a deep and reliant trust that we are in a, in a living relationship with God, then our actions will reflect the love that abides in us. And if God abides in you and you in God, then love is your essence. Love is not warm, fuzzy feelings. Love is an action. Love comes from a place of compassion. Love is a gracious offer to a way of living, to live in openness, to seeing and meeting the needs of others. If we let our attitude towards something reflect hate or indifference, then how can we say that Jesus abides in us? Because there is no mutual indwelling of love and hate. The truth is love and love. If we are from the truth, then we are of love and our attitude is from God and our actions demonstrate that love. Say it again. If we are from the truth, then we are of love and our attitude is from God. And then our actions will demonstrate that love. Faye and I will frequently talk about the needs of her neighbors. She helps take care of them. She picks up extra groceries for them. And she loves the way that Jesus loves. And when her neighbor was sick, she helped with his medicine. And she spent time with them before he died. She said that she feels like taking care of her neighbors is her calling. 
And this is someone who claims not to be a Christian. She loves by her actions. You see, we were born to be a human reliant on another human. And when people ask for prayers, I not only lift up their specific needs, but I, I also pray for people, for God to surround them with loving people. I pray that they will have a support system. I pray that they will have people who will call and check on them. I pray that God will give them shoulders to cry on. I pray they will have people to do life with. I pray that God puts people who loves people in their life. And I pray for God to give them someone like Faye. We were made to love and be loved. And one of my favorite things about Faye is her generosity and hospitality. At one of the food pantries, she was given this large bag of mints. You know, and if she were to just eat a couple of a day, they would have eventually gotten stale. Um, but instead, she gave everyone a few mints in the mustard seed line every week. And it was almost like the more mints that she gave away, the more mints that appeared in that bag. She gives not because she has to. She gives and she helps and she loves others because she was born to be compassionate. She is compassionate. And the difference between us and people like Faye is that as Christians, we know we are called to love and live like Jesus. We are just not acting on it. We were born to be compassionate. Our compassion began in our mother's womb. Our compassion is what connects us on the human level. Anthony Ray Hinton was the longest man to serve on death row in Alabama for a crime he did not commit. And he served 30 years before being released in 2015. And for the first four years, he was angry, and rightly so. But it wasn't until his fourth year when he heard a man in the next cell crying. And he said that the love and compassion he received from his mother spoke to him. And he asked this man what was wrong. And the man was sad because his mother had died and he had missed her funeral. And Mr. Hinton then made a joke about now how his mom could argue his case before God. And, you know, they laughed. And it was then when he realized he could use his sense of humor to bring joy and comfort to his fellow inmates on death row. And for the next 26 years, he saw 53 men and one woman walk past his cell to the execution chamber. And five minutes before each execution, they would bang on their cell bars to let that person know they were not alone. I think that compassion came from Jesus and that it was our merciful God who was with each and every inmate that was put to death. When Mr. Hinton was exonerated and he walked outside after 30 years of being on death row, he said, the sun does shine. And guess what? He wrote a book called The Sun Does Shine. And it is currently in my Amazon cart and it will be the next book that I read. When we shine, we are loving and living like Jesus. 
So think about this. Imagine Jesus with a large, toothy smile grin. I bet he had a great smile, and it was contagious because, you know, it is Jesus. And scientists have said that smiling for just 20 seconds can trigger positive emotions, and it can jumpstart your happiness. So we're going to try it. You ready? I'm going to count. Ready? Everybody smile. Okay. Okay. Ready? Go. feel good. I mean, some of you are actually still smiling. And I made this last week. I'm thinking about carrying around this um, little sunshine that's smiling. And that way, when someone comes up to me and they say they love like Jesus, but then they say something hateful or they're indifferent about something, I can just go. And, you know, kind of just like back away and just let this be it. Okay. I mean, Jesus could not have made this any easier for us. To love like Jesus, we're to live like Jesus. And that is why I loved the friendship between the archbishop and his holiness. Because we got to witness an Angelican priest and a Buddhist monk connect on a spiritual level. And I think too often, because people are different than us, we are not interested in shining God's love on them. I have a short video for you to see. There's a question of um, how you think about your own deaths. That possibility. Quite polite. Quite polite. <laughs> well, he doesn't mind too much because there's reincarnation. <laughs> your friendship with each other that allows you to have this kind of extraordinary joy? He's always troubling me. (laughs) (laughs) I admire him enormously. Oh, oh, he's going to get proud. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying... He is there for us as a, as a beacon. So I really love, you see, he always teasing me. And also I tease him. Oh, this is so, so we really become something, something quite special. Yeah. So, and also his face. As you see, the head looks like a monk now. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see, this picture, special picture, uh, I think at time of my death, I will remember you. Immediately on being informed that his respected elder spiritual brother and good friend, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, had passed away, His Holiness the Dalai Lama composed a letter to the Archbishop's daughter. And part of the letter reads, Archbishop Desmond Tutu was entirely dedicated to serving as brothers and sisters for the greater common good. He was a true humanitarian and a committed advocate of human rights. His work for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission 
was an inspiration for others around the world. With his passing away, we have lost a great man who lived a truly meaningful life. He was devoted to the service of others, especially those who are least fortunate. I am convinced the best tribute we can pay him and keep his spirit alive is to do as he did and constantly look to see how we too can be of help to others. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, would you help us to love and live like Jesus? Can you help our love for Jesus shine on everyone inside and outside the church? Can you help our actions make a difference in the lives of others rather than spending time on noticing each other's differences? Can you remind us that we are all created to be compassionate and love like Jesus? May we do this not because we have to or need to, but because we were destined to. Amen.